didn't know, didn't know Through these holes, through these holes I can be made whole I can be, I can be, yeah I didn't know, didn't know Through these holes, through these holes I can be made whole I can be, I can be, yeah memory I ever have that I can recall in my life was um, I must have been about maybe say five years old and my brother must have been about one and a half going on to two and I remember sitting in this armchair in my mum's house or at home and uh, my brother being on my lap and just crying continuously just crying 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 and lots of adults walking around us. So my mum loves music. Like my family is a family of, of music lovers. And my mum used to keep a lot of parties in our house. And I remember the house being full of adults and me just sitting on this chair with my brother my lap, crying and crying and crying. And lots of people walking past and stopping and saying, oh, why is he crying? Ain't he cute? And everybody just keep on walking past and then getting back to their dancing or getting back to their drinking or their smoking or whatever they were doing. And every now and again, someone would come back again and say, oh, ain't he cute oh why is he crying but actually no one actually took my brother out of my hand um I don't know how he stopped crying I don't remember the memory in that much detail but I think for me that was the story of my life that became me in all fairness having someone to look after or looking after people um, and people always stopping by and, and glimpsing in but no one actually taking the responsibility away from me or or kind of checking in properly to make sure I was okay. So I grew up with the best of both worlds. Um, my parents are Rastafarian, so in the week, you'd have the weed smoking, the reggae music, the Naya Bingi, just the lifestyle of, yeah, life is good, be easy, live good and be easy. Um, and on the weekends, I'd be with my grandparents. My grandparents are Pentecostal Christians, so there'll be, it'll be church, um, speaking in tongues, Pentecostal music, just really a complete opposite way of living. Uh, my mum was never a swearer. My dad's not really a swearer, so it wasn't anything that was too drastic, but it was two completely different religions with two completely different um, ideas of, of, of God and how, and how you live and, and how you give praise to God or how you give your life to God. Um, growing up, I didn't have um, any boundaries. There was really... I mean, there was general... I suppose you could call them black people boundaries like you're never disrespectful you have manners and those sort of things but really in terms of boundaries I didn't have much I wasn't a rude child I, w- I was a good child I'd done well in school I got um I, I was never my mum never had to come down to the school because I was rude or misbehaving um and we were close with our mum we didn't have to hide anything from our mum we would um just have um, and open conversations with our mum. Um, because we weren't really doing anything illegal or wrong or rude, um, our mum just made sure that she knew where we were. And where we lived was very much of a community spirit. So if anything was going on anywhere, um, it would always get back to me or it would always get back to my mum. And we, my mum could literally shout over the balcony and someone would say, your mum's calling you. And we'd, we'd just find our way home. We, despite us not really caring about time like you do these days with watches and all sorts, we always knew that you had to be home at a certain time. I suppose parent is no joke, isn't it? You know, 
we think about things. I think I look at my life and I and I'm gonna go for my testimony and there's lots of things that people may say, Oh wow, that's deep. But actually parenting has no manual. I'm a mother myself and you just no matter how much planning you do, you just don't know what character your child gonna have or the outcomes of the actions that you instill in your child. My mum and dad um, are not together. Um, as far as I can remember, they've not been together, but they've always spoken. I, I know my, I know where to find my dad. I know where my dad is. I always know who he is. I always know who he, what he stands for and what he likes and what he doesn't like. Uh, my mum's always been an extremely hard worker, even to this day. She's an extremely hard worker. She's always had multiple jobs and she's always been um, in some kind of, kind of caring role. She's always been looking after adults um, with learning disabilities or some sort of disabilities or looking after children. Even now, she, that, that's what she does. She's, she's a carer and she's, she's a um, teaching assistant. And we've always, growing up, we've always had kids in our house. There was always some kids in our house, someone staying with us, someone was looking after someone for the weekend. That's how it's always been. And due to my mum working a lot, I always looked after, I've got three brothers, but I've always looked after the first one was the main one in my early years. The first one, I looked after him a lot. When we were playing out, we would play out together. I remember when my second brother was born, um, we had a buggy that wasn't very um, good. And um, I used to have to carry him everywhere with this buggy that kept on failing. Um, but everywhere you saw me, you generally see my brother. If you don't know my brother, then you don't know me. And if you don't know me, then you don't know my brother. Um, so growing up was, was, was good. It was difficult. We wasn't rich. We weren't um, lavish. Um, and my mum worked a lot just to make ends meet. Um, but me and my brother were close. Um, I hated school. I, I didn't like school either. I really felt like I never fitted in. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm very close with my brother. I was always partnering with the man them, always partnering with the boys. Always, I'm not a girly girl. I don't, I wasn't a skirt person or a sandals person. Find me in jeans and trainers or crep and, and tracksuit bottoms. I was never that girly, girly chick. And it was really, really hard going to school. It was really, it was really hard for me. Um, my dad's got a loud voice and I've got a loud voice too. So people would also assume that I was rude or a bully or answering back. Um, and as I said, I was smart in school. I wasn't stupid. So I can talk, 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 talk. Um, and I couldn't get in trouble for it because my work was already done. I'd already finished my work. So nobody had anything to really hold up against me. But obviously my, my loud voice and my presence would be a distraction to others. And I'd, I'd always get in trouble for little things like that. That wasn't major. But um, you hear people say, oh yeah, I'd want to go back to school days, school days. Never. For me, I would never want to do not one day back in school, not primary nor secondary. I always felt that people were never really my friend. I always felt that people were my friends for convenience, had a loud voice. People took it as something that was kind of bullyish, like, but it wasn't. I, I just had a loud voice and my dad's got a loud voice. Um, I've always, even now as an adult, I've always had that. I've always had that lack of friends. I keep my circle small. And even now, my circle's small and it stayed with me. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It just, it's just the way it is. I am very loyal in how I view friendship. Um, and I feel like if you're a real friend, then doesn't matter if we spent 10 years apart or one day apart it's like we've never been apart so from a young age I've always had a personal stance on truth and standing for what I felt was right um so growing up was really hard for me because now we've got three factors one 
I part with a man them. So I'm not your normal girl. Two, I've got a very loud voice. And three, I don't like injustice. I've never liked injustice. Um, and I suppose people, especially as a girl, possibly, you kind of want to fit in with the crew and do what they do. And I was never about that life. Um, and this didn't even play out well in my home life, in my family life. So at home, I never liked any of my mum's boyfriends and I would make it clear because I, I wasn't a pretender. So I'd go to family members and say, oh, I don't like this man for this, that, that reason, this, that reason. And they'd be like, oh, you're a child. You shouldn't be saying those things and keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth quiet. It's not your place to say, but I knew what was going on in the home. Um, and my mum never really, not never really backed me up, but she never disclosed what was going on in the home. So there was a lot of domestic violence, a lot of um, alcoholism, a lot of things that I didn't like. Um, and I, I remember going to my grandma on several occasions, being like, Grandma, I don't like this man. Why are you not inviting him round? This, I don't like this man for this, that and that. And she um, said, oh, you can't keep malice. You must be nice with people. You must look after people. You must accept people and be nice for your mum. Your mum's found a man and she's happy. So you must really just be easy. And that was hard for me because actually I felt like no one listened to me. No one really took me seriously and then by the time all these things that were going on in the home would become would come out of the out of the dark and into the light by then I was already damaged by then I was already wet in the bed by then I was already messed up I wasn't sleeping I didn't sleep very well for a long time I didn't even believe in God I was like nope nope no God for me I remember my friend asking me, do you believe in God? And I was like, no, I don't. Like, no way. And I think for me now, looking back at it, it was probably because I didn't understand why God would make me go through what I was going through. Um, I remember one particular incident that now breaks my heart when I think about it. But I remember one of my mum's friends, um, she lost her son. She lost her baby in utero. And um, she came to me, she said to me, Naam, if you don't believe in God, where do you think my son's gone? And I was like, oh, he's just in the ground, isn't it? And she sat there and she just cried and she cried and she cried. And at the time, I remember like it was yesterday, at the time I had no remorse. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even think about why she cried and what have I just said that's upset her. Didn't even cross my mind. Um, but yeah, as a child, I was I was really closed off to God. I was really not involved. And I liked going to church, to be honest. Once I was in church... I like going to church because actually I just felt like I was all right there. I had good friends there. There was other kids my age. It, it was good. I didn't have to feel like I fitted in. I, I think I slotted in quite nicely in church. At the age of 14, I started to work in a nightclub. Um, one of my cousin's godfathers owned a nightclub. And yeah, it was the dream job, you know, working in a nightclub, music. Like I said, my family loved music. Um, I was working in the cloakroom, but obviously it was a very adult environment. And, and looking back at it now, it's actually a mazza, but it was a very adult environment. So now I'm in this adult environment, making my own money. I don't really have much boundaries. I'm doing well at school, so no one's not really got anything to say to me. I love music. Um, nothing was hidden, so everybody knew. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just lovely for me because I'm making my own money. I know my mum works really, really hard. And I'm like, okay, this is a burden off my mum. I can help my I can help myself. I'll help my mum by helping myself. Amazing. At 15, I met this guy who liked me, but I wasn't really interested. It's whatever. Um, and we were just talking, talking, and then he went back to Jamaica. 
um, through my working in the club, I met another guy who liked me. Um, and it was, yes, okay. Like at 14, I wasn't really thinking about, um, men liking me or boys liking me. It was nothing for me, me for me. Now I'm in this adult environment and I'm in this club. I want to live this club lifestyle. So I'm raving now, raving every day of the week and still going to school, raving on the weekends, trends, chimes, Miss Alati, Crown and Castle. If you know the names, you know the area. So yeah living my life raving buying my own clothes now because i'm working so no i can't chat to me i'm feeling good i'm feeling nice so now we get to um june 2000 no 2000 june 1997 so because i'm born in july i finished school um in may june with their exams but i'm still 15 so i leave school at 15. anyway it so happens that this guy that liked me that i met in the club um yeah he was still talking to me and we was cool so we done a little thing I didn't really think nothing of it it was a one-off it just happened my 16th birthday comes now in July and um we're good man everyone's good living life partying nothing of it just after I get my GCSEs that's August 97 um, I fall sick with chicken pox and when I tell you I was mash up chickenpox had me weak so bad that when I went to the GP he sent me the, to the tropical diseases hospital in Moswell Hill at the time I'm sure that's where it was and in those days I come from Hackney ain't no one going to Moswell Hill so I was put in the hospital in Moswell Hill by myself and my mum could only come and visit me once because she's obviously got my brothers to look after and Moswell Hill's a trick first is the area that it is no one ain't going up there I remember mum coming in with all her gown and her mask. You don't think coronavirus is bad. Mum had to do that from 1997 when I had chicken pox. And I was in there for a week. They drugged me up with all these antihistamines or whatever they were giving me. Um, and I remember when I was discharged from the hospital, I had to come on by myself. And I was on the bus talking to my cousin. Um, and I said, oh my gosh, I haven't had a period. And she was like, oh, wow. She said, oh, let's go to the clinic. I said, okay, cool. Let's go to the clinic. Didn't think nothing of it. A couple of weeks later, went to the clinic in Crouch End, Middle Lane. And the woman said to me, in those days, um, you had to do the uh, pregnancy test and you come back two weeks for your results. You couldn't get these instant things like you got now. Um, so I went for my result and the woman told me I was pregnant. And I was like, okay. So for me, she I'm sure she must have asked me, do I want to keep the baby? And for me, that was a standard yes. It never, ever crossed my mind that I'd ever have a termination or that I would have bought my child. It was just, or any kind of adoption or nothing like that. For me, it was standard that, that I'm pregnant, that I'm going to have my child is simple. So roll on a few months and um, I told my mum, and my mum, what can she say? She knows how I am. I'm not aborting my child. A couple of family members, a couple of people around me said, oh, maybe you're doing good. You've done good at school. You can go to university. Maybe you just have a termination. Nope, never been an issue for me. So now I'm 16 and I'm pregnant. I have no good role models in my life. I feel misinterpreted and I feel misunderstood. I would like to say that, yeah, that's where God came into my life. He gave me my child and it was all lovely. He saved me. But actually, this was just the beginning. This was just the start of the journey to where I am now. If any of these issues that you've heard me speak about resonate with you, whether it be that you feel that your parents don't set good boundaries, you'd like them to love you more, to feel more loved, or whether it that you've had a parent who has experienced domestic violence, or whether it be that you feel that you don't fit in, whether that be in school, work, college, 
or whether you feel misinterpreted, you feel that everything that you do, people misunderstand you. What you mean to say in love, people interpret as being rude or out of order, but actually, you just want to be heard. Or if you've heard my journey and you want to know more about Jesus or how you can be saved or you're feeling bound and you want to know how to be set free, then email me. Email me on revelation1211. Revelation1211 at yahoo.com.